0: Want to learn how to build a successful online marketplace? Tune in to hear from Nicholas Halusa, CEO of Nautical Commerce, the leading marketplace platform. Nicholas is an expert on all things marketplaces, from how to launch one to scaling it over time. In this info-packed episode, Nicholas shares his unique perspective on the world of online marketplaces. You'll learn key insights on finding the right niche choosing the best software and creating value for both buyers and sellers. Nicholas has a wealth of real-world experience to draw from, having invested in and operated multiple startups in e-commerce. Whether you're considering starting a marketplace or already running one, you don't want to miss Nicholas's hard-won advice. There's no better guide to help navigate the complexities of managing an online marketplace. But first, a word from our sponsors. Are you lost in the content creation chaos,
1: struggling under the burden of high costs and complications? Does the thought of regular content posting make you break out in hives? We feel your pain, but don't despair. Your content hero has arrived. Introducing content basis, delivering unparalleled content creation and scheduling solutions crafted specifically for your audience and needs. Harnessing the power of AI, we efficiently deliver on-point content every time. Our US-based team meticulously reviews each piece, ensuring authenticity and precision. We value your unique voice and insights you direct the final shape while we handle ideation to execution. With auto-scheduling, your content always finds its audience. And with bi-weekly check-ins, our strategies sync with your vision. At Content Basis, we're your dedicated ally in the content battlefield. From ideation to posting, we've got your content journey covered. Visit contentbasis.io and say goodbye to content chaos today. That's contentbasis.io. You're listening to Talk Commerce. Subscribe and download at talk-commerce.com.
2: Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce today of Nicholas Halusa. Nicholas is the CEO of Nautical Commerce. Nicholas, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us your day to day role and one of your passions in life. Thank
3: you. First of all, thanks for for, uh, having me on the show, Brent. Obviously, pumped to be here. Pumped to talk about marketplaces. I talk about it all day, and it's still not enough. So, glad to be doing that here. Um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Nautical Commerce. but before we go into that, my background is actually a, a weird mix of finance and startup. So I spent a bunch of time investing, very short period of time investment banking, um, and also spent a bunch of time at early stage companies. So I sort of flip flop between, you know, do I want to give startups money? Do I want to be at a startup? Uh, and uh, and I finally settled for 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 doing the startup and the reason I did is because I spent a huge amount of time as an investor trying and failing to invest in marketplaces and realizing that the reason I can't invest in marketplaces is because all of the marketplaces that we looked at had to be software companies and so I'm on the mission or the problem I'm really trying to solve here. Is to make it possible to be an incredible entrepreneur, an incredible builder um, of businesses, an incredible understander of customers without having to also be somebody who knows how to build software, raise money, you know, deal with all the problems of having being a software company. And uh, and I want to take that the burden of owning code and the burden of having to deal with code, which Brent will be an expert in as well and knows what I what I mean when I say the burden of owning code and take that on, on, on Nautical and in, in this case, or take that on myself and, and help people build great businesses, which I think really makes um, uh, 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 the biggest difference in people's lives and the economy and everything else. So I'm out on that mission and, uh, and uh, 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 as a result, the company that I steward, Nautical Commerce, um, is a platform for
2: marketplaces. That's awesome, and what about uh, off-work passions? Do you, have, uh, do you have anything that you're passionate about? You would think that it's
3: sailboats or something similar, uh, although I'd love to be able to sail, I can't. Um, I'm a huge head, so I race cars. Honestly, I'll race anything. I race Skeleton 2 and I used to ski race. Uh, if you make me race tractors, I'll do that too. Um, uh, but the one that I spend most time on is, is racing cars.
2: That's awesome. Um, uh, one of the largest sailing schools is here in Minnesota in, at Lake Minnetonka. So uh, nautical is, is, of course, there's a lot of water. You're in Toronto, so we're, we're connected. We could come to each other by boat if we wanted to. So uh, we're, we're, we're connected now uh, in multiple ways. Uh, Nicholas, before we get started, um, you had volunteered to get told a joke, and all I'm gonna do is tell you this joke And all you have to do is, should it remain free? Or do you think at some point, uh, we should charge for it? Uh, or should that joke just sail away into the future or the past or the dustbin? So here we go. It's called the free joke project. I don't know if I mentioned that. This is a good Mm -hmm. one today. Not to brag, but I just got fired as a fitness model. They use me as the before picture. (laughs) So, uh,
3: I feel like the delivery could maybe do some, there, there could be some work on the on the delivery there. Um, but what I will say to that is, I think it's actually quite a good joke, but I don't think jokes
2: should ever be paid for. Uh, I think, <laughs> good. <laughs> I think Thanks. And, you, be- and half the time it is my delivery that ruins it. So I apologize uh, again for that. Yeah,
3: that's uh, that's uh, that's easily solved. Uh, we can, I'm sure, we can find somebody who can help you work on that. But, um, but I would say free.
4: In the ever-evolving retail landscape, one platform is changing the game, ushering in a retail renaissance that puts relationships at the forefront. Welcome to Endear. Endear is a CRM built for omni-channel brands, empowering them with the consumer data to deliver a personalized, efficient customer experience that drives sales and retention. Imagine a tool that intuitively understands your customer's needs, giving your brand a remarkable edge. Don't believe us? Geronimo from Rebag says, I've used every CRM from Salesforce down and Endear is the best one I've found for us. With Indear, your team isn't just selling products and crafting stories that resonate, nurturing connections that last. It's not just a CRM. It's a tool that empowers your sales associates to make personalized connections, bridging brands and customers like never before. Ready to redefine retail clienteling with a platform trusted by hundreds of omni-channel brands around the globe? Request your Indear demo today and enter a future of enriched connections and unparalleled customer loyalty.
2: All right, good. All right, so let's 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 talk about marketplaces. Um, what is a marketplace like? What, what tell us? You had mentioned we we talked about it earlier, but tell us give give us your definition of marketplace and and why people should be starting to look at these.
3: Yeah, it's a good question. So I try to keep it as, as as simple as possible and differentiate it particularly from things that are not marketplaces, not pure plain marketplaces. So marketplace is or building a marketplace is the exercise of building a store, a platform, a piece of real estate. You can think back in the day of literal markets, right? Where you built a forum in the middle of a Roman city, and that was your piece of real estate. That not nothing, the forum sold nothing, but what the forum did was make a space in which a bunch of other businesses can act, can congregate and start to sell things and a place where buyers or people interested in buying things could go and expect to find a bunch of sellers who have congregated and 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 sell things and you know one way of looking at that in marketplace a hot way of talking about it nowadays is sort of a platform right you're not build selling anything yourself you're building a platform within which other people can sell stuff and the big difference uh, I often get is what is the difference between that and let's say a retailer or a distributor or a dropshipper or even a, you know, a brand and the main way to think of marketplace and how it differentiates is first of all uh, uh, in a marketplace you are not typically holding inventory right? you're not buying inventory and then uh, reselling it you might at a stretch to something like consignment like Amazon does with the FBA model you typically will put the work of pricing as a result onto the individual vendors so you take a very you have a very fixed relationship typically in terms of the way that pricing works you so take something like a commission versus you know buying and marking up and controlling all of that and then you typically will also hand off all of the work related to managing products and managing you know how they're discounted? Is their inventory? You know, how are they described? You know, etc., etc. Pictures to the vendors to work on that. Right. Effectively, you're opening up and you're saying, you can, you know, you do the work, you sell whatever you think is important to sell. And the reason people typically do or make marketplaces, on a, on a very broad perspective, it's to uh, be able to offer a breadth and depth of catalog that they would not otherwise be able to offer either because they don't know how to or they don't have anything to sell themselves. That's kind of the pure play marketplace model, right? You start a whole new one and, and, and you're not selling a brand, you're aggregating brands, you're aggregating products. Or because you already sell things and you want to go get into you know, a space or let's call it: you already have demand, you already have a business, and you're trying to get into selling things that you don't sell already for various reasons. Either you, there's a bunch of stuff that you don't want to have the inventory for, or there's a bunch of stuff that you don't know is if they're going to sell, so you want to take a bit of a risk, or because you don't really know what would best be sold through your brand, and so you want to open it up. A great example of that for right now is something, for example, like TikTok, right, where they have a bunch of demand, they have users, they have, let's call it, you know, what they call eyeballs back in the dot com boom. And, and they want to be able to monetize those eyeballs. But instead of them saying, we define what we're going to sell, they're going to turn themselves into a forum, a, a platform, and allow anyone to go and sell something to the users that they have, and be able to aggregate all that supply. Is so
2: there a difference between... Is there is there a difference between a company participating, or there is a difference? But what's the difference between a company participating in the marketplace and a company becoming the marketplace? Yeah, so
3: a huge difference. Um, let me figure out how to structure that nicely. So when you are participating in a marketplace, it's effectively it's one of your channels. It is not that different of an exercise than executing your own, let's say, if you have a first-person store. It is an exercise of executing and, well, both creating, creating products, putting them on a place to buy them, in this case, the marketplace, and then executing orders, particularly fulfilling them and making sure that that is a profitable exercise. Right. It's, it's an execution work, piece of work. When you are, run, that's why a lot of actually, to add to that, that's why a lot of marketplace seller experiences, if you go and sell something on Etsy or Amazon or something like this, they look more or less like boiled down, simplified, guard railed commerce platforms, a lot of ways. They have a lot of the same concepts and entities and, and, and if you sell something through a nautical marketplace, it'll look like that too. If you are running a marketplace, I sometimes joke because you don't sell anything, you don't do any execution really, right? What you're doing when you're running a marketplace is you're sitting in your little control tower, in your oversight tower, and you are connecting the buyers and the sellers and most of your job is keeping oversight over whether you know the vendors are doing what they're supposed to do the buyers are buying like you'd like them to and are buying more stuff and effectively matching the supply and demand there and then making sure that you are a trustworthy and responsible intermediary for all the money that you're taking on and then distributing out to all your vendors um since it's not obviously going into your you know final bank account Um, so your job is as let's call it, the referee. You know, if you're sort of taking the forum example again, you are the police and the referee, and the and the uh, and the uh, and the organizer of the piece of real estate of the forum.
2: Um, so, if I'm a merchant and I want to become a market, or I to, I want to launch my own marketplace. I'm assuming there's good fits and bad fits. Is there a specific type of Customer that you would look for, or uh, there's, is there a, what, what type of businesses should be looking at making in a marketplace?
3: Yeah, it's a very broad question. I think the the first thing that is I think important to understand if you're asking the question for yourself of whether you want to build a marketplace. And I had a wonderful talk, which is somewhere online also of. On NRF with um, with uh, 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 the former CEO of, of buy.com com and and McFadden, talking about you know what are the constraints and it's very business specific, but largely, I think there are two the, there are sort of two categories of whether you should start considering it. The first is if there is that you have the feeling that you have. Effectively, some sort of pent up demand that you're not able to service. You have people coming to your store that could buy more stuff that, you know, you're doing a lot of marketing, but you only sell very little stuff towards it. You have people who engage with your platform, your content, but they're not buying anything. It typically will tell the story to you. Okay, people like me, people like what I offer. I have a customer base but they don't like what I'm offering, right? Where they don't, you know, they're, they're not buying everything that I'm offering to them. And so maybe they want more, they want more effectively catalog breadth or catalog depth. And I think the other set that, um, that, you know, should look really seriously if you already have an existing business and you're not starting a net new marketplace is to, you know, start to look five, 10 years ahead of time and start to understand, you know, who is going to be putting pressure on your business. And, you know, in a lot of industries, marketplaces are, as they gain scale, are incredibly efficient businesses. And they, in whatever spaces marketplaces become big, they typically crowd out or put pressure on any of the legacy businesses in that space. And as a result, marketplaces or multi-vendor Retailers are actually a majority of online commerce and actually offline commerce as well. Right? So I think the other set of people who are already in business should seriously consider it are the ones who think, OK, you know what? I want to be around for the next five, 10 years. You know, I got to find a way to go and uh, be the one stop shop for the kind of customer that I serve. Because if you're not, quite frankly, somebody else will be a one stop shop. Now, the people who shouldn't really, you know, don't necessarily need to go down the space. If you're really a brand focused company, you really only sell, want to sell your own stuff and you're very focused, I, I wouldn't necessarily put it on your roadmap right now. But but if you're already in the, in the place where you, you, you know, you're selling more to a, a, a type of a buyer or a profile of a buyer and you sell other people's stuff, I think this is something you probably should seriously be considering.
2: Um, earlier, you had mentioned drop shipping, and a lot of people would think, I'm gonna participate or I'm gonna have a bunch of different people and, and do drop shipping what's the difference between running a marketplace and running a, a store where you're drop shipping other vendors
3: yeah I sometimes joke that drop shipping is kind of the gateway drug to marketplaces uh, drop shipping allows you to sort of we, we by the way, handle both to an extent. Although we we're more focused on the marketplace problem today, but drop shipping has the benefits of obscuring who the vendor was, and you have you have more control, right? You sort of look for dropship vendors, you procure them, you. Do all the merchandising? You figure out effectively how it's described, how it's priced, everything else. However, the flip side of having more control and you doing the procurement is that drop shipping is a more manual thing to scale, uh, where marketplaces can can scale more easily with the right technology, because you have to be involved in everything. You typically have to. You, you typically have a much more hands-off relationship with the, with the vendors. So it's also becomes a little bit more difficult getting certain bits of information and things like this, you know, do you have inventory, you name it. It's right? so all a little bit more um, uh, arm's length. And the final thing that you don't get with something like dropshipping is that you, uh, uh, it's, a, it's, it's effectively like a centrally planned economy versus a capitalist economy. Right, because you centrally plan everything, you heavily define what can be dropship, what's sold in your store, and everything else. And one of the strengths of marketplaces is is that you often don't know what people are going to sell. And I'm sure if you asked Jeff Bezos, you know, did you expect to sell some of the things that you sell on Amazon today? His answer would be absolutely not, and it locks a bit of unpredictability.
2: Do you think uh, there's other Amazons coming along that are that are just going to become uh, you know huge? I, I guess you could define some of these global marketplaces like Alibaba and Amazon and eBay. Um, are there up and coming ones that that are really going to compete against that, or, or are some of these really big marketplaces so big that there you're you're always going to have this kind of second tier?
3: So I don't think some people compete with Amazon necessarily, in part because I don't think it makes any sense to compete with Amazon. This is of course, unless Amazon does something, you know, incredibly stupid or, you know, counter to the values of the the customer. You know, like Google does with Google's homepage nowadays where you can't, you know, they're so busy making money that you can't find anything on Google anymore. Um, You know, unless they go do something really painful with their business, I don't think it makes sense to replace Amazon in part because Amazon may be comparable to Walmart. It's a commodity selling business nowadays, and so you know it's just a race to the bottom and a race to scale. And if they're ready at scale, you're never going to be out, be able to outprice them. You're never going to be able to outselection them. You name it. But what they're bad at, and if what Alibaba is bad at, and you know all these mega stores are bad at, where I th- where I think is the huge opportunity in in marketplaces is one creating an experience that's specific to a particular buyer right one of the craziest things is that on alibaba you can buy mangoes and a ventilator and steel and a car and i don't know what else phone case all in the same basket first of all and and you know none of those experiences are 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 specific to the buyer the filters aren't the the content isn't i think there's a huge opportunity for example for you know a medical equipment marketplace that is aimed at what people who buy medical equipment care about first of all and the second one is what you know what a lot of these really big ones their main mandate is pure supply endless aisle and competition for let's say the buy box or something similar where i think the other opportunity is is that you know increasingly these places will become more curated more bespoke, more localized, uh, because that's where the buying trends are going to an extent, right, where, where, where not only, you know, are you getting to a place where, you know, Amazon, Alibaba get a reputation for just sending you junk uh, and, you know, people look for a little bit of trust. And the second part is that there are, you know, commerce has become so big that the niches in which you can really make something special um, are not becoming big enough, and and uh, and the greatest example of that is something like a stockx.
2: Yeah, I think you hit it on the head that there's always opportunity to for the big players that they they're missing out on on niche segments. And I guess, would your advice then be for marketplace people if you have that niche that this is an opportunity for you to kind of fill that gap and and really be that expert in that particular segment that you're in and a marketplace would make sense?
3: Yeah. I just had a brilliant chat with the founder of a business called Tall Size, which is a marketplace for tall women and their clothes. And what really jumped out at me in that conversation was that the founder Nicole really understood her customer, why they're underserved and can make an experience and a selection for that customer that nobody else can replicate, and nobody else has replicated. And so, my advice to anybody thinking about a business like this is that um, that they should go find an underserved or specialist niche that they think they can understand far better than anybody else. That is big enough, and there are lots of these to you know, have its own specialized experience. There are enough people out there who, who, who fit into that niche and then absolutely dive down and make sure that those people get the best experience in the whole world, right? And if you look at, again, don't, you know, people are so scared of, of Amazon and say, well, it's gonna eat everything. But even if you look offline, right? Walmart hasn't eaten everything, right? There is one of, one of my favorite retailers in the US that doesn't exist in Europe is Bass Pro Shops right that's a great example of a business that has really understood a certain customer and has a incredibly loyal following in that customer and they've just drilled down on that set and uh can differentiate in a in a in a in a, in a world where you where you think they get squeezed out from every angle
2: yeah that's that's a really good point um so where where do you think then um where are we headed now in 2024 with e-commerce and, and marketplace? What, what's the future look as a merchant? Yeah, so
3: I think the e-commerce, I'll, I'll talk from the software perspective, and that's where I, I, I think I can be, I can say that I have some expertise. So I think from the software perspective, the e-commerce part, the e-commerce software is looking more and more like a commodity to be honest, right? And, 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 you know, I'm in Toronto right now, obviously the big 800 pound gorilla in, in Canada or all commerce is something like a Shopify. And if anyone comes to me today and says, you know, I want to start a store that is not something multi-vendor, you know, a classic store, I will give them the same answer every single time, just use Shopify, get it right. Because shop- Shopify has built for most businesses, the basics of what you need to be able to run an online store. And that I think is becoming and should become more and more of a commodity um, and they've done a, a brilliant job at that and, and anyone who builds software should should take them as a, as an example uh, the marketplace world is is way more out in the wild here um, and uh, and uh, I think the story that has Finally, sort of caught on and started to make sense with people is that the, the this should not be a build exercise anymore, right? That there needs to be something here that is bought, and quite frankly, there are you know a few players, us included, that are attacking this problem from a different direction. Obviously, I believe in in, in, in my approach, but I think what we're going to see is consolidation around the point of of, okay, this needs to be a, a buy not a build. And then, you know, through the end of this year and beginning of next year, I think, or maybe, you know, give it a couple of years, you're gonna to start to see um, uh, the buyers become increasingly sophisticated around what they are actually looking for and start to be able to make clear decisions between, you know, the different software and the different platforms and uh and uh, and become a lot more sophisticated which right now is relatively unsophisticated and finally i think you know if that trend carries on uh uh, i think the rate of new marketplaces or marketplace business models is going to explode in the next three to five years
2: just a a clarification when you say a build exercise uh do you mean that you shouldn't be looking at building a marketplace from scratch you should be looking at Using some software that helps you to launch your product or your marketplace quicker. Absolutely. Something like Nautical Commerce.
3: Absolutely. You you should really think very, 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 very hard about owning code. I know anyone has on, on, on this podcast ever, or you have ever built, you know, a house, right? The, the owning software is the is the business equivalent. Of doing your own plumbing, or doing your own electrics, and anyone who's ever done any project like that will tell you, do not touch your own electrics. Same with you know rebuilding cars. Never touch your own electrics, and uh, and uh, you know you don't want to be honest. The headache that comes with that. That doesn't mean you don't have to touch code at all. You know connecting things and connecting apps and building you know reporting layers and things like this. But the core plumbing, the thing that keeps you ticking over. Um, uh, I think is a big mistake to, to, to own. And I'm, I'm happy to provide some examples for what I mean when when I say that it's painful.
2: Yeah, so I mean, uh, you you gave the Shopware example earlier. So in the e-commerce space, Magento used to be the really big player in the market, and now Shopware's the big player in the market. And part of it is that Shopware just really has a fantastic marketing engine behind them. But the other thing is that it's easy to get started. You can just go push a button and get going and in a couple of hours and, and the complexity about owning your own code and then sa- and uh, updating and keeping maintained and worrying about uh, hackers and all these other fun things that you just give that up to your SaaS provider and your SaaS provider does all that for you.
3: Yeah, there was this brilliant marketing uh, line that they had recently, which I think about every single day, which is something along the lines of they just said, it just works. Use us. It just works, right? And that's exactly what it should be. Something I I talk about is is that, you know, if we do our job well, and this is, you know, one of the key parts for why I um, am, am the CEO over here now, is that we should really be invisible. It should just work. You should be able to go focus on doing the stuff that makes money and underneath all of that your commerce system should just handle the business the way that you would like your business or you need your business to be handled and uh, and in marketplaces that's a very specific way and a very specific way of doing business
2: um so circling all the way back to the beginning uh, you you said you weren't a sailor so where did the name nautical commerce come from so
3: my co-founder was a sailor uh and uh first of all so you know some that that was certainly an inspiration, but the way that we think about it is, you know, I gave you the forum example earlier, but if you really think about what made the middle class, what created the middle class in the West, although I'm sure there will be some historians who will correct me on this, but you know, a big driver of that was the was, and the, and the big driver of people making for the first time generational money or really changing their changing their stars was people being able to get on a boat in the, God knows, 14th, 15th, 16th century and take a flyer at going to some far off place and finding a bunch of effectively supply, right? Crazy things, textiles, silks, spices, you name it, and bringing it back to their home country and selling it in the marketplace and you know being able to 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 make money by finding supply and solving a customer demand that they never even the customer never even knew was there right and sort of that era the, the explorers era effectively the nautical era i think is a fair argument to say that's sort of the the beginning of the modern era and that's a little bit what we, we want to be you know we want to enable we're the we're the effectively those ocean going boats that allow that allows people who maybe weren't sailors, who weren't didn't have the wealth to go and do some of these things, to get on the the nautical boat, the nautical platform, and go, you know, build a business
2: uh, by aggregating supply. That's awesome. Um, so, Nicholas, as as we as we close out, I give uh, the guests an opportunity to do a shameless plug about anything you'd like. What would you like to plug today?
3: So, I think I've already done more plugging than I than I. Wanted to earlier, but obviously I care a lot about this topic. Now, look, I am the CEO and co-founder of, of Nautical Commerce. Um, we are, as far as I can tell, uh, the only scalable, proper marketplace platform, end-to-end. This is what we do. If you are thinking about building a marketplace, you are our customer. Um, we care about the marketplace customers. We're not We're not a... Commerce system. We're not aiming at first person. You're not a. You're not a. Uh, what's the right term? You're not a side project. You're not a small sliver of our customer base. You are a customer base, um, we're building a platform for you. Um, we're building one that's end to end, so you don't have to worry about having to wire a bunch of systems together. I have to go and Frankenstein something together. Something that you know gets you to get going, but you never get any further. Um, we want to be that partner that you can start out with and that you can scale with, and that can evolve with you. Um, And and, uh, for that, we have a brand spanking new platform built in all the most modern ways, Um, and and we want to power your
2: marketplace. Awesome. Um, And uh, and how are they going to get in touch with you? Uh,
3: There's multiple ways. So you can either um, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, There is also a come chat with us, form on our website, www.nauticalcommerce.com. And if you want to reach out to me directly, you can contact me at Niklas, N-I-K-L-A-S, dot HALUSA, H-A-L-U-S-A, at nauticalcommerce.com.
2: That's awesome. And I'll make sure I put all those uh, links in the show notes. Uh, so if you're listening to this on Apple Pod, Apple uh, Podcasts, you can find it in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube. Uh, Nicholas, thanks. It has been such a great conversation. I appreciate you being here.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the time and great to meet you.
1: Talk Commerce is a production of Content Basis LLC. For more creative content, go to contentbasis.io.